0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to take an early look at the Week 14 NFL odds, and with me to talk about it all is Matt Peralt, host of Pushing the Odds on SB Nation Radio and the Better Network, and one of my favorite podcasts covering the number. You can find him on Twitter at Sports talk Matt. Matt, thank you for joining me today. How's it
1: going? Thank you for the intro. It's going great. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays to you and everybody.
0: Thanks. So you're out in Vegas, right? Correct. But you're originally from Boston, is that correct? Correct. All right. Well, I am out here in New England and I can tell you that we are under roughly a foot of snow at the moment. <laughs> so, uh if you ever want to extend an invite to me to uh come join you out there, I'd be uh, I'd be happy to meet you cuz uh you know,
1: it's getting rough. I always tell people whenever they're like, "So, do you mind the heat?" I'm like, "You can't shovel heat." So, I <laughs> I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with July 115 if I'm avoiding Two feet of snow in December, or in your case, early December. Yeah, well, we had to... Uh, school's closed today, late opening tomorrow.
0: It's just joyful. So let's talk about something that's going to make us happy, and that <laughs> is each game on the Week 14 NFL slate. Now, Matt and I are going to be using the consensus odds over at bettingpros.com. Those are the aggregate odds from a variety of sports book. The lines are going to move throughout the week. That's part of what we're going to talk about. As bets come in, odds makers are going to adjust. So pay close attention in case, like us, you particularly like or do not like a line. All right, Matt, let's dive in here with the Thursday game. Cowboys visiting the Chicago Bears. Cowboys here laying three with an over-under at 43. Both teams coming off the mini-buy here with the Thanksgiving games. Bears have the come-from-behind win against a hapless Lions team. While the Cowboys get pushed around a bit by the Bills, Dallas still controls its own destiny in the NFC East. Uh, The Bears need to basically win out and have some help. So how do you feel here looking at it with the Cowboys laying three and the total at 43?
1: Look, I hate both these teams. I think both these teams are betting nightmares. But the thing with Dallas is, look, they can control the clock and they can run the football with Elliott. So when it comes to betting on a road favorite, I don't always hate it with the Cowboys because, look, their defense is good enough. The Bears' defense has been so inconsistent, and Mitchell Trubisky, I I mean, I, I think... If you can get this thing under three, if it ever goes down to two and a half, jump on it. I know there's a book here. and There's one book here in Vegas that's got it at two and a half. I, I, I would I would love it at two and a half. Three, I'm okay with it, but I don't love it. I, I just think Dallas is is a mess. I, I do believe they're going to make a coaching change at the end of the year. I, I think there's going to be some real questions about the future for Dak Prescott. He does not have the extension, so the team may actually move off of him. I, I mean, the Bears are stuck with Trubisky. I don't believe Matt Nagy's a great football coach a great head coach in the NFL, so I think there's potential there for changes in Chicago. I mean, both these teams I don't think are really going to do anything, but if you have to bet this game, I would prefer Cowboys minus 2.5 if you can get it.
0: Yeah, for me, the total strikes me as something where I might look at the under. I mean, you're going to be in Chicago. I'm sure it's going to be windy. You know, it's going to be cold. Neither of these teams at this point have offenses that I'm particularly excited about. The Cowboys obviously have some explosion, but the Bears defense has, you know, it's taken a step back. But it's remained overall solid. Akeem Hicks is back to practicing this week, so that's going to really help them in the run defensive is able to show up. So I have no faith in Mitchell Trubisky to be able to move the ball, despite what he did against the Lions on Thanksgiving. And again, the Cowboys right now, they just, you know, things seem a little disjointed. Amari Cooper fighting through injury. So if anything at this right now, I lean towards the under, but I don't expect this to move all that much either way. Let's move on to the Redskins at the Packers. Packers here laying a bunch, 13 and a half with the total at forty-two and a half. So the Packers coming off the big and predictable win against the Giants in the snow. It really looked like they probably could have won by 40 points if they were so inclined to do so they still don't really look to be hitting on all cylinders to me at least on either side of the ball they're a strong team not quite as dominant as they looked early on meanwhile the Redskins beat the Panthers relying primarily on their running game with Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson combining for three rushing touchdowns they will try to do the same thing here against the Packers team that isn't great against the run so 13 and a half at home Over under at 42.5. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it opened up at 14.5. It's come down. I I would love if it goes back up. I doubt that's going to happen. In all honesty, here in the month of December... Should anybody be laying two touchdowns? Anybody. I mean, I don't care who they are. This is professional football late in the year. Your system should be in place. Your plays should be well known. I mean, it just, it's kind of crazy. I mean, there are two lines. I know one's a look-ahead line here with the Vikings game. We'll get to later with the Lions. But anybody, I mean, 14 is nuts. 13 and a half is kind of nuts. I mean, this is almost an auto-fire for me. I don't care who's playing. If it's an NFL football team putting on a uniform with pros, I just think the Redskins... Uh, kind of hold your nose and take the points, just because. I mean, if if the if the Packers win, the back door could be open in this one. I I just don't think you can lay this many points with anybody in the NFL this late into the season. So, I know I'll be on the Redskins almost just as a system play, uh, taking the two touchdowns. But I mean, the Packers are the right side; they're gonna win this game in my mind. It's just a matter of how many points are they gonna win it by, and and I don't really trust the Packers to blow anybody out here unless the weather just is completely disastrous. But like you mentioned. The Redskins are running the football. So, crummy weather actually might favor the dog here in this one.
0: Yeah, I really, I completely agree with you. There's no circumstances where I would take the Packers, uh, given where the spread is at this point. But I have such a difficult time. Some of these teams with the Redskins, you know, for a while with the Dolphins are playing better now it's so difficult to think about Dwayne Haskins going in there and scoring any points whatsoever but I agree you can't take the Packers with this number it's just too much but I, I mean this is probably where I think it would stay and in the end there's even at this number there's probably more value on the Redskins but I doubt I'll be able to pull the trigger on it uh, and let's talk about the other game with the big spread that you mentioned the Lions at the Vikings currently Vikings are laying 13 and a half the total at 42 and a half you mentioned we are recording this actually we started at halftime of the Monday night game so everybody Healthy for now, so that that's all we're really looking for in the look ahead line So, we don't know what the Vikings are going to come out of, assuming they come out healthy. Look, they've been playing extremely well on both sides of the ball, generally speaking. Once they've opened up the pass offense, even without Adam Thielen, they you know, the offense is, is scary with Dalvin Cook back there for the Lions. Uh, it sounds like they're just gonna have to roll with David Blau at this point. Uh, Jeff has been placed on IR. Stafford is still week-to-week, week, but it's highly unlikely you're going to see him at least this week. Not an overly impressive football mm-hmm. team. So, again, we just talked about it. you Field here, almost two touchdowns, 13-and-a-half over <laughs>
1: under at 42-and-a-half.
0: Are you taking again, the Lions? Are you going to bite the yes, bullet? Yes.
1: Yes. It's a system play. I mean, it's it's December. The, the Detroit defense, I, mean, I know it's a third-string quarterback, but... I again, I I don't think you can lay fourteen points with anybody, and, and we'll see what happens with the Vikings and and whether this line changes at all if, if there's an injury or something if you know Cousins were to get hurt or something in the second half of the game against the Seattle Seahawks, but it is a. It, it, again, in December, we're talking about two teams. These teams know each other. I, I mean that this is not a situation where I'm comfortable laying two touchdowns and 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 two dome teams you know, playing in a dome. I know the Vikings defense is ferocious and tough to play at home, and the Lions may have a difficult time scoring. So maybe the under is a better play with that one. at you know, at forty two and a half, it's it's it's, it's not you know anywhere near 40 I get nervous for unders but I I still think the dog is the side just because it's too many it's two touchdowns my goodness 14 points it's crazy at this one I honestly
0: feel a little better about the Lions because they're still I mean a a competent football team I mean Blau isn't it's certainly far from impressive, but they have playmakers at least on offense. You know, uh, you know, with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones is still there. I mean, they did just place T.J. Hawkinson on IR, so they are, you know, dropping like flies a little bit. But I, you know, same thing basically as the last game. There's no way I'm taking the Vikings in yeah. this game. There's just no way. I mean, the, the spreads and it's a divisional game of all things, right? The two teams know each other well, so I agree that uh, you know, uh, sort of grudgingly, I would take the Lions if I had to choose a side. But it's probably a game that I'm going to stay away from. Let's yeah. move on. Go ahead. It's,
1: sorry, it's it's a no play. I mean, both those games are no play games. I mean, to be quite honest, but you know, if if you're if you're looking at, it, you got to play it. If 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 you if both these teams are left in your pickup in your in your survival pool or something, and you got to go ahead and, and, play, and play one of them, I, I think the dog is decided to be on.
0: All right, let's move on here to the Panthers at the Falcons. Falcons here are currently laying two and a half in our consensus odds with a high total of 48. The Panthers just trending in the wrong direction here. Oh. They lose to the Redskins. Kyle Allen is showing very clearly that he is not the long-term answer or quarterback. For the Panthers, the defense has started to struggle. Meanwhile, after a brief resurgence, the Falcons have come back down to earth in their past two games. Latest one against the Saints on Thanksgiving. There is some optimism that Julio Jones is going to return here. It sounds like they'll get their right guard, uh, Chris Lindstrom, back. It's a divisional game between two teams, both of whom are out of it. What do you think? Falcons under a field goal, 2.5 over under at 48.
1: You know, the Falcons are the weirdest team in the NFL because so many professional bettors, them and the Lions, really. Professional bettors have been on both these teams all year long. And, and and whether whatever the number was, they've been taking them, betting them, and they've been burned consistently. But they don't care. They keep on going back to the well. And then last week, they almost got, depending on where you got the number, it opened up at 9.5. It was bet all the way down to 6.5 against the Saints, and they had those crazy ridiculous onside kicks and you know i'm watching it in a in a a bar in san francisco and somehow i stumbled onto a saints bar with my brother and we were like where the hell are we in san francisco but it was you know they were throwing up in their beer because of how many here come the falcons and so many of them a bunch of them had nine plus and minus nine and they're throwing their you know they're they're just really angry at the fact that the team can't cover the line and it, it is It is tough to take Carolina here simply because Kyle Allen, as you mentioned, is regressing so fast. And it is wild to see some of these guys who we thought were going to be taking the jobs of, you know, former MVPs and oh my goodness, how in the world, you know, Cam Newton should be on the trading block. And now everyone's like, well, wait a minute, maybe we should keep Cam Newton. Maybe this Kyle Allen guy is not actually, you know, maybe he was undrafted for a reason. So. This has been a a weird couple of weeks for certain quarterbacks. Jacoby Brissett hasn't played well, you know, coming in to replace Andrew Luck with the Colts. I... If I'm going to take a side here, I think you got to take the Falcons because Dan Quinn's coaching for his job. And I, I think he has a defense that's, you know, playing at least competently. And the offense is still, you know, there's still better playmakers right now on the Atlanta offense than the Carolina offense overall. I know McCaffrey's an amazing player, but they're really one dimensional. If you can stop the run, you can stop the Panthers. So I'll, I'll probably, if you can get it at one or even a pick. I would take Atlanta. the The movements on on the Falcons right now. Some books here in Vegas are up to all the way to all the way up to three. So I, I, I'll I'll lay the point. I don't want to go over three here, but I will lay, lay the points with the Falcons.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree. I'm not going to a field goal if you can get it. Our consensus odds are two and a half. I take it at that point. I mean, the Panthers to me just look like a team. That's about ready to mail it in. I'm sure Ron Rivera is going to be done. Um, You know, they they have playmakers. DJ Moore is one of my favorite players in football. Christian McCaffrey is awesome. But, you know, the one thing is we all called for Dan Quinn to be fired for several weeks. And then the team, look, they play hard. They may not get it done, but they are playing hard. And if Julio Jones comes back, I you know understand that he could easily shut it down just because you know it's a lost season. He's struggling, but he's a gamer. He wants to play. I think they're going to put up a good effort here at home. So if you can get it under a field goal, I agree with you. I would lay the points. Once you get up to three in the key number, I get a little nervous. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's true. But it also, I, I am curious what happened during the bye for the Falcons because something changed. I don't know who said what to whom, but they came out much different. They won those two games right, out, right off the bye you know something at least Dan Quinn showed signs of life with his team more than other coaches so that may have kept his job oh yeah 100
0: percent I mean everybody was calling for him to be fired couldn't believe he wasn't and then somehow they come out and they put up these two kind of really big performances particularly defensively so it's good to see I mean it's good to see them putting in the effort and that's really why because I feel like the Panthers are three seconds away from just being like all right we're done we'll just (laughs) you know go through the motions Ron Rivera will be gone we'll find a new quarterback and We'll move on here. Um, 49ers at the Saints. Ooh, this is a good one, Matt. Saints laying three currently in our consensus odds, over under at 44.5. 49ers is a very tough game in the rough weather. To Baltimore, they remain one of the strongest all-around teams in the NFL, as do the Saints, though their offense is not quite clicking right now. You know, they're they're more relying on their defense. They are home here, so laying the field goal, what do you think, Saints laying three total at 44.5?
1: You know, this is the stretch for the 49ers where we get to know and find out a lot about them. So, you know, a lot of their wins early in the year were against teams like the Redskins and the Bengals and the Bucks and the Panthers. And it's kind of like, all right, they're running through some people and then they get beat by the Seahawks and you're like, okay. Seahawks, and they turn around and they have a tough game against the Cardinals. They have that ridiculous, you know, depending where you got the line, but that lineman for the Cardinals chucking the ball in the end zone late, you know, either a push at 10 or maybe you had a 10 and a half like I did. You won. But that game was ridiculous. The review never happened. We all learned a lesson about instant replay at the end of that game. And sports gamblers, look, you should review every scoring play. I don't care when it <laughs> is. OK, if you're taking money and the NFL's in bed with sports books, what the hell are you doing not reviewing that play? That's got to be a yep. Yes, I'm still mad and bitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> but then you go Packers, Ravens, Saints, right? I mean, you're starting yep. to get into, into this, you know, you're going, all right, you know, and, and this is the last game here on the road at New Orleans. They end with the Falcons, Rams, and at the Seahawks. I, I This is a big game for the Saints. This is a big game for them to kind of get back up into the home field, home field advantage conversation this is hard for me. I I mean, I think the 49ers are the better team, but I think at home in the dome, I think this is a monster game for the saints, a chance to kind of send a message. I I'm okay. laying three here and taking new Orleans. And, and and I think it could be back-to-back losses for the 49ers in particular, Jimmy Garoppolo on the road in the dome. Uh-oh, I, I'm petrified about some, some turnovers and interceptions and mistakes from Garoppolo that might lead to the victory for the Saints. So I'm going to lay the three points here. This is a game I probably will play with New Orleans at home.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'm going to play it. If I had to pick a side, I would take the Saints. Actually, what I kind of like here, by the way, depending on what happens tonight, and, you know, we at halftime, we don't know if the Seahawks are going to win. The 49ers might be looking at the five seed right now, True. especially if they don't win. So they're going to be desperate just as well. Both teams, it's just, it's a wonderful game, frankly, just to watch because both teams are good teams, Both teams are going to be desperate for the win. The thing I like a little bit is I lean a little bit towards the under. It's 44 and a half. It's not a huge number. But, you know, the Saints do not turn the ball over ever. And, Mm. you know, they're on pace right now with potentially the lowest amount of turnovers, I think, for any team in the NFL ever, maybe, unless I, I misread that. But in the end, I think the 49ers defense, you know, they're... They're opportunistic, right? They cause turnovers. The the 49ers get some short fields, they're able to score. I think with the lack of that, with the Saints tough defense, and again, the 49ers strong defense, the Saints offense is not what it once was. I, I kind of see this as a close Low-scoring game. I don't think either team—I agree with what you said about Garoppolo. So to me, the under is the side. Even though it's not a huge number, it sticks mm-hmm. out to me as, as maybe the play that I would like. More than the total, I just—I feel like, man, I don't— both these teams are just going to be absolutely nuts, desperate for this win. So it makes me a little
1: nervous. Uh, it could be a—I with- mean, it could be an NFC Championship preview. Uh, I I mean, the heat the heat is, is definitely on Garoppolo here. And, and, you know, to go into a hostile environment and play well and not turn the football over— I just think the the Saints in that home field advantage, I'm always, it's kind of like the Patriots in Foxborough. If I'm looking at three or less and it's a quality Saints team, I have a tough time saying they're not going to win that game outright. Well, that's a little preview of what you're going to be thinking when we get to the Patriots game (laughs) later then. But
0: first, let's get to the Bengals at the Browns. Browns here are currently (laughs) laying eight and a half. The total at 40 and a half. This has moved significantly from the look headline from what I could see. It looks like the look headline was seven and a half. It's eight and a half. The total was 43 from what I'm seeing, and now it's forty and a half. Uh, Let's just break up the Bengals here. They beat up on my hapless Jets, Andy Dalton under center. They should get John Ross back. They add another layer to their passing offense. The offensive line is a little bit healthier. Meanwhile, the Browns lose the tough one to the Steelers. Baker Mayfield bangs up his hand. He's supposed to be fine. Didn't have his best day against an admittedly tough defense. How do you feel here about the Browns laying 8.5 with the total at 40.5?
1: Just a clown show for the Jets, by the way. How do you lose that game? I mean, there's just not... the That's Jets. Just, yeah, That's just the Jets. You just can't lose that game. I mean, there's just absolutely nothing. You
0: can't lose that game. Just... Look, when you score 34 points in three straight
1: games, you're
0: bound to just put up six against a tough defense like the Bengals, man. I mean, get, get on board. This is my life, by the way, as a Jets fan. It's fun to do it, by the way, in the betting context so that I can have bettors who sort of want to back the Jets understand what my life has been like for the last 40 or so
1: years. Yeah, I mean, I I had just some typical for fun things going, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just throw the Jets game in there, you know, for the hell of it on a money line. They're not going to, what? Like, how do you lose that game? Just my, I mean, my fault for, for not you know expecting the Jets to be the Jets. But, you know, this is a, I mean, the Browns are the side, right? Because the Browns are, are, are five and seven. They're fighting for a playoff opportunity. They're probably not going to make it. But, you know, they, they've got to end this year on an upswing after all the nastiness and all the crap they've gone through. You know, I'm not a very big Baker Mayfield fan anymore. I, I, I like guys that, you know, who, who kind of go quietly through the NFL. And, and sure, he's being offered contract to do commercials and whatnot. So I would say yes to it too if I was getting paid that much money. But, you know, it's really put a big bullseye on his back and he's not lived up to the hype by any means, but... You know, if they end the year and they wind up eight and eight, or they wind up nine and seven, I, I think the Browns can save some face here. But you know, the, the, the Bengals—this is a classic fade spot, right? Because the Bengals get their first win. Zach Taylor, who is the worst coach in the NFL, he's thirty-six years old. I, I harp on this all the time. Kid never should have gotten the job. I covered him at Nebraska. Bill Callahan shouldn't be a head coach. Zach Taylor shouldn't be a head coach. They're both head coaches in the NFL right now, which is absolutely ridiculous. But fade the Bengals for the rest of the year, and and, and look, eight and is a little high but as long as you're not going near double digits i think the browns are the safe side yeah i'm inclined to agree i think the bengals got their win and now they're good to just sort of sit back uh and enjoy it and again
0: their win was as kind of you alluded to far less about them and much more about the jets um so i i agree with you here i think the browns bounce back Ugh. Uh, In a big-time way, and if you can get it for under double digits. Look, you knew. I mean, that game, you knew they were going to go in there. There's all the bad blood. You knew that they were just going to put up a stinker offensively going into there. It was really whether or not Duck Hodges was going to be able to put up any points, and he did just enough. But I agree with you here. I think the Browns are going to be, you know, whatever faint playoff hopes that they still have, I think they're going to come through here and uh, keep it going with uh, a big win. Again, under double digits, completely agree with you. Uh, It is a big line, but uh, for me, I'm okay with it. Let's move on to the Colts at the Bucks. Bucks here are currently laying two and a half, uh, with the over/under at forty-seven and a half. Again, both of these have moved from what I can tell. From the look ahead, it was Bucks laying three and a half, and the total at fifty and a half. So down there, Colts starting to fall apart at the seams here. They're dealing with a ton of injuries on the offensive side, including Marlon Mack and Ty Hilton. Though at least Mack may return in this game, although not sure he'll be able to do all that much against the Bucks' vaunted run defense. They like to run the ball. That's tough to do against the Bucs. Meanwhile, the bucks they come up with a strong win against Jacksonville. You know they're going to be able to move the ball with Jameis Winston. You know there's going to be at least one critical turnover, and you know that their pass defense is pretty weak. So how do you feel here? Under a field goal, Bucs length 2.5 at home, total at 47.5.
1: Yeah, I think this team was holding things together post-Andrew Luck retirement with a lot of hope and optimism, and I think their will got broken last week. I I don't know how three guys get through the line of scrimmage to block Adam Vinatieri's kick, but they somehow managed to do it. And then not only blocked the damn thing, they returned it for a touchdown and ended the game, and then Ryan Tannehill all of a sudden has just... I mean, he is Wally pipped Marcus Mariota. I mean, he, oh, yeah. I mean, he he. You are not going back to Marcus Mariota unless Tannehill just throws up all over himself with the way he's passing. I mean, he he's the best quarterback in the division right now, and that's I know Watson is there, but this I mean on paper, Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback in the division. So, I I don't understand what's going on with the Colts, but I, I think everything. Including the injuries, I think T. Y. Hilton's done. I mean, they thought he was done. If you go back and not to combine basketball and football, but remember when Kevin Durant had the calf injury and they thought it was a yes. it was a calf, it was a calf, and it turned into a into a pretty significant injury to his Achilles. Well, this goes back to a statement that was made to me by an injury expert on my radio show, where he said there is no right now. There's no scientific data that determines when the calf ends and where the Achilles begins. So if it's somewhere in that range, it might be both. And I think that's what T. Y. If he's got an Achilles, I I think that they're going to shut him down and not risk it for a long-term injury, much like what happened with Kevin Durant coming back and finally snapping the damn thing. So I think T.Y. is going to be done. I don't know if they rush Mac back. I mean, the dude had a broken hand. He had surgery. He was trying to play on it. So I, I, I think this is a team that just is too banged up in the wake of Andrew Luck I on the road at Tampa. I, I can't back Indianapolis here. I, I think Tampa Bay, even though they're 5-7, and seven, at home, I, I think the Colts might be toast, and I think the Buccaneers are the side.
0: Yeah, I I everything you're saying is correct. And it, they also lost Eric Ebron. Let's not forget that. So they're really down offensively. And, you know, Hilton was not only battling the calf injury, but early in their season, he was battling the quad injury. So he's really been dealing with a lot of stuff. I agree with you. If there is a side, I think it's the Bucks, particularly under three, but I'm not willing to risk it. I, I've i lost too much money on the Bucks this season, you know, going on. It's just one of these things where I don't know. I could see certainly them coming out in Winston just throwing like two pick sixes or something. But I agree there. I can't you can't back the Colts at this point they also I mean Frank Reich you know is one of if not the best coach in the NFL I won't of course your your Bill Belichick I won't say anything <laughs> you know bad about that but you know Reich is great um he, he's gonna hold them together enough but I just don't think they have the talent at this point to keep it going especially with the division slipping away from them so if there is a side I'm inclined to agree with you that it's the Bucks. it's not one that I'm gonna play even under a field goal Uh, Before we move on, I want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Long gone are the days of needing to run to the counter and place your bet. With the BetMGM Sports app, you can place a bet right from your phone. Here's all you need to do. Search for the BetMGM Sports app in the App Store on your phone, download it, and sign up for an account. And when you sign up, you're going to want to use our promo code HARRIS. That's my last name, HARRIS. Because when you do, you're going to get a risk-free $500 bet. If you lose your first bet... BetMGM is going to refund it up to $500 for future wagers. And these things, you know, they give you essentially free money. You're basically given these boosted bets all across uh, the NFL. This past weekend, if you placed a money line bet on any team, you were essentially awarded 200 times your bet just because any team in the NFL scored a touchdown. It really is essentially free money. There are a ton of great things on the app, but you need to sign up for an account. And use our promo code Harris, the winnings are paid in free bets, and you must be 21 years or older. And although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet and certain restrictions apply. Visit betmgm.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1 800 gambler. All right, Matt, let's move on to the Broncos at the Texans, as you might expect. The spread moves a little bit after last night's uh, big win by the Texans. It's currently Texans laying nine and a half. The look ahead was eight. Total stays where it is at 41 and a half. Uh, the Broncos, look, they they took one from the Chargers, uh, but Drew Locke was hardly impressive. The defense continues to play, uh, you know, fine as, as well as they, they can. The Texans, though, you know, that's the big story. They really took it to your Patriots. On sunday night football the secondary is healthier they're playing well they've got all their wide receivers healthy how do you feel here about a big number nine and a half with the
1: total at 41 and a half fade the houston texans (laughs) this is one of my favorite plays of the week all right look the broncos they have covered for the last five weeks the broncos defense with vic fangio really maligned for most of the season they have come around I know the offense has got some real issues, but they've got two very good running backs. Look, this number is approaching double digits. I'm sorry. No way are the Texans, no way should they be laying ten and ten points, nine and a half points. The Broncos might be four and eight, but they've got a lot of fight in them and they got a lot of pride with some great veterans on that defensive side of the football. Texans are gonna win the game, I think, but I think they're gonna be in for an absolute war here with the Broncos. Give me the points. Plus nine and a half with the Broncos. I, I love it. And I would even wait because I think the public's going to come in with both fists on the Texans. It's, it's classic. What have you done for me lately? I think the Texans, it's recency bias. Broncos plus 10 or more. Give it to me. and It's Denver all day. Man, I was I,
0: legitimately, I was about to jump in with if you do like the Texans, just don't bet it yet because yeah. there's de- the, the the. I mean, I think this is going to be probably the game where there's going to be the biggest differential between the number of bets that are placed and the money that's actually placed. Right. Because the sharp bettors are going to come in. They're going to take the points. Texans have a thing where they like to just sort of lay an egg right after yeah. you start to trust them. This is the prime spot for them. That's a huge win. This is going to be a massive letdown for them. Um, So I agree. I I don't think, you know, we've moved from eight to nine and a half. I'm sure that movement is not done yet the public especially on a you know a nationally televised game beating the Patriots they're going to pound the Texans line up at least another half point if not you know a a full point a point and a half something like that so Mm. it's going to get larger so if you like the Texans which I agree is the right side if you like the Broncos I'm sorry which I agree is the right side in this game I don't feel as confident quite as you do just because man I watched that Broncos game closely and you know Cortland Sutton is incredible But Drew Locke, really, just, you know, sort of, you know, I didn't see all that much of a difference between him and, you know, David Blau, basically, when when they first came out and stuff like that. I'm sure his career will be a little brighter. So it makes me a little nervous, but I agree. Sharp side is certainly the Broncos, but I would wait. I'd wait, because I do think, as you said, that the spread is going to continue to rise. Let's move on here to the Dolphins at the Jets. Jets <laughs> we laying. <have> s- to. <laughs> yes, we have to. I am contractually obligated to discuss every game on this slate. Uh, Jets laying six, total of 44. The Dolphins with the big win. Uh, Over the Eagles, they led primarily by Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker. They continue to play hard despite an immense lack of talent. Meanwhile, we have talked about the Jets. They squander all their goodwill. A lifeless uh, performance there. They scored just six points. Jamal Adams also hurts his ankle. His status is a little bit unclear. Dolphins won the last game these two teams played, and now they're getting six points. How do
1: you feel here? Look, this is Dolphins football in December in New England slash New York. All right. This is fade Dolphin City, in particular, (laughs) after their win. I mean, this is a game I'm going to play. I'm going to be on your Jets. And I love it that it's under a touchdown here. I don't like it at six and a half or seven, but at six, I think you got to roll with the Jets here. And look, the weather, we'll watch it. I mean, a nor'easter is blasting through New England. We'll see what the backside of that looks like. Normally, it's a cold front that makes it frigid. So if that's happening, you got dolphin football players who just are basking in all that Miami sunshine and their victory, their third win, which was monstrous for the books that had that at one and a half or two for a win total for Miami. So now they're at three. So here they go up to New York. Jets got embarrassed. Look, I don't think Adam Gase should be a head coach in the NFL. He was bad in Miami, but this is a rivalry game for him. He he mentioned the first loss. I just think the Jets are going to play for pride here. Not much of it with the Jets this year, but I think this is a pride game for the Jets and they do wind up winning and covering.
0: Yes, that is correct. All of what you said is correct. The Jets are going to win the game. They're going to cover it. This is what the... And Adam Gay should not be a head coach. Everything you said, I I will double down on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. This is what the Jets do. If you trust them, they are certainly going to break your heart and put up a complete stinker. It has been my entire life as a Jets fan. But this is also what they're going to do. It's going to be a game where some people are going to look at... Look, people are going to like the Dolphins. It's not going to get back up to seven, by the way. I think the look headline might have been seven. It's not going to get back up there. It's going to stay below the touchdown In which case. I will be all over the Jets as well. They're going to bounce back in this game. They're not nearly as bad as they looked. Sam Darnold's going to have a good game. Le'Veon Bell's going to probably have his last hurrah before they're like, you don't really want to face the Ravens or anything like that. Let's just, you know, relax you here. So I agree this is going to be a big game. I think the Jets are going to come out and play well. So if you can stomach it, I agree. Uh, The Jets are the right side, and they'll certainly be playing it this weekend. Let's move on to the Ravens at the Bills. A really good game here. Ravens laying five down from six and the total at 43.5. This is going to be a fun one. It's in Buffalo. Both teams coming off big wins. The Ravens win against the 49ers in the nasty weather. They continue to hit on all cylinders. They've got the top seed now, as you know, in the AFC. Meanwhile, the Bills, look, they make a statement against the Cowboys. They are on the Pats' heels. They are headed home. That is a very Difficult place to play, but their Achilles heel is the run. That's what the Ravens' strength is. So how do you feel here about the Ravens laying five with the total at 43.5? All
1: right, so this has been an ongoing Twitter battle I've been having with Bills Mafia because I don't believe the Bills are any good. And so last week I had a bunch of people say, okay, if we beat the Cowboys, will you finally acknowledge that the Bills are good? I said, yeah. Okay, you win this game in primetime, you beat the Cowboys on the road. I'm, I'm gonna say yes, the Bills are good. So the Bills win that game. So they showed it, they showed me a little bit that they've got more going on than maybe I'm giving them credit for. However, if the Ravens lose to the Buffalo Bleeping Bills, okay, I'm gonna lose my mind. This game should be a blowout. The Ravens should take the Bills behind the woodshed and beat the living tar out of them coming up. So if this game is even close. In the fourth quarter, I will be irate. So the Ravens should kill Buffalo, and as a Patriot fan, I need the help, okay? So I, I need the, ble- the breathing room here <laughs> because the Chief game, which we'll get to here in a second, I need the help. So Ravens big, and it better happen because if it doesn't, I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do and at, 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 at my hatred of, of Bill's Mafia in the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Well, a lot of Ravens players listen to this podcast, so you're in luck. So they're going to be all fired up now. You've got (laughs) them ready
0: to go. Look, I look, you know, I I've been uh, agreeing with you a lot on this podcast, but I'm not going to pretend that I don't just to make it, you know, sort of a fun show. I I agree. I've been fading the bills a lot this year and it hasn't really worked out for me all that well. (laughs) They've, they've just continued. I had a nice big preseason bet on them. I think there were six and a half wins. I thought they'd sail over that, but you know, this uh, they're, they're better than I expected, but uh, look, I, I do not think that they are in the Ravens class. I mean, realistically, you can beat the Bills pretty handily on the ground. That's a real big Achilles heel, and that is what the Ravens are going to do. And they're just they're unstoppable at the moment. Um, right. And I think, you know, the Bills will be able to put up some points. But realistically, Josh Allen, you know, continues. He hasn't thrown that many picks, but he, he's, you know, hardly the most accurate quarterback Uh, the Ravens can stop the run. I don't think John Brown's going to be able to do all that much. I just don't see the Bills really being able to hang with this team. So, especially getting it at under a touchdown, yeah, I'm all over it. I'm certainly going to be in on it right now. I think you're on the right side. But again, you know, Ravens players, all of you guys who are listening to this, (laughs) Matt's big on this. He needs the help, so get on it there. Uh, Let's move on to the Chargers at the Jaguars. Chargers here are laying 2.5, the over-under at 43.5. If you can back the Chargers in any game, you're probably a better man than I. I am both. These teams look dead in the water. Phillip rivers just looks duncy. The offense is stagnant. The defense is far from imposing ditto with the Jaguars. They're going to turn back here to Gardner. Minch who has already been announced after the Nick falls run goes nowhere. They do have pieces on offense, but they're not explosive. Their run defense is highly beatable. So how do you feel here about the chargers on the road laying two and a half of the total of 43
1: and a half? See, this is why sports gambling is so necessary for football because there is nothing about this game that's attractive there's nothing about this game that's interesting both these teams suck both these teams are boring both these teams blow games like crazy they turn the ball over crazy philip rivers career for all intensive purposes is over okay and he 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 might be back next year because they're moving into a new stadium but this charger team is not going to do anything i'm with you i don't know how you back the chargers i think the jaguars have quit but i think the la chargers also have quit i mean they just lost to the broncos i just don't I, i i just can't get behind either one of these two teams if I'm going to play it, I probably would play the under because I don't think either team wants to be a part of this game. So 43 and a half, I probably will say it's like a 20 to 17 type of victory for one of these two teams. But this is a disgusting game between two teams I have no interest in watching.
0: Yes. I'm avoiding this game entirely because I'm not going to be forced to have an interest in this game where otherwise I could just enjoy many other games. Um, Yeah. There's no way I'd back either one of these teams, regardless of the spread. Uh, you could do whatever you want. I'm just staying far away from it yeah. on the spread. Yeah. I agree. If there is a play, it's probably the under at 43 and a half because I think both teams are going to heavily rely on the run. I mean, that's where you attack the Jaguars. So you'll see a lot of Melvin Gordon. And I think, you know, they, they, they've committed to giving uh, Leonard Fournette a ton of carries. So that's going to, eat up into the clock that's going to have longer drives and so i think probably the under is the play if there is one but uh i'm just avoiding it altogether, and i'm going to be a happier man for it let's move on to the titans at the raiders titans here are laying three with a total of 47 and a half. two teams headed in opposite directions here you mentioned it earlier ryan tannehill is playing about as well as any quarterback in the nfl right now he i mean it's it's good to To see, I don't know whether or not this is the same guy that was in Miami and he just needed to get out of there, but he's playing like really, really, really solid football. Not just the fact that they're winning. I mean, his passes are crisp, they are accurate, he's fitting it into tight windows, he's just playing extremely well, and then it's getting colder and no one really wants to tackle Derrick Henry. So their offense is clicking on all cylinders, the defense remains solid. Meanwhile, the Raiders' record is finally catching up to their point differential. They've had a brutal schedule with all the road games. Derek never plays well in the cold as has been shown recently but they are going back to Oakland here things seem to be falling apart a bit it struck me as I thought the spread would climb higher toward the Titans but right now they're laying three with a total of 47 and a half
1: yeah they're 0-3 the last three games against the spread going back to that win over the Bengals where they didn't cover and then they've scored 12 points in the last two weeks the loss to the Jets was the real eye-opener looting losing 34 to 3 on the road and you know, that that's just you kind of you can excuse the loss to the Chiefs. And, you know, the second that the weather forecast came out, you know, I you know, here in Vegas, we get a lot of Raiders stuff because they're moving here next year. So, you know, Derek Carr's record when the temperature is below 40, it's pretty well documented. So, I you know, I, I, I laid the 11 points pretty quickly with the Chiefs once I saw the weather forecast for the game and. You know, the, you know, it was over pretty much after the first quarter, and turnovers, fumbles, interceptions, it was just really ugly. I, I really don't know what to make of the Raiders, except that if I'm going to bet this, I think the Titans are the side, they're alive in the division, they've got a defense that travels, they can run the football, and, and I feel like the Raiders are starting to k- kind of mail it in, he mentioned all the travel, I think they're getting a little tired of John Gruden, and I don't really know what Gruden thinks again of Derek Carr, so, I mean, things are not going well with the offense they're not moving the football the way they used to and look Jacobs is a phenomenal rookie you know, he only had a hundred yard game basically last week but you know they just our injuries are catching up to them Raiders are going to be an interesting team for the next couple of years because I do like the young core but you know injuries and I just don't think they're that good I, I think the Titans are the right side here even though it's a road a road favorite here
0: no, absolutely. I, I laying three. I'm all over the Titans. Absolutely, I'd probably feel fine with it up to four, maybe even four and a half. I think they're gonna, they're gonna have a big game here. I agree. I look the Raiders. You know, they, they, the future is not, uh, you know, it, it's fairly bright. I, I really do like Jacobs. Waller has shown that he's a real yeah. player. But, you know, without Hunter Renfro and, you know, they're just not, you know, they just, they weren't as good as they looked essentially from the beginning. So when they struggle to run the ball and the Titans run defenses solid overall, it, it's hard for them to get stuff going, but they do yeah, kind I, of I, look
1: and I think people actually started to take them seriously. I think part Correct. of the thing was that people weren't really taking the Raiders seriously and kind of thought, "Oh, that's an automatic victory." And then all of a sudden, they were playing hard. Because I do think they've got young talent. I mean, Cleveland Farrell, their top pick, has played pretty well from the defensive line perspective. And Abram, their kid at Mississippi State, the safety that got hurt early in the year, was a big blow. But you know, they, they, they've got some guys that play hard and like playing football. I like what Mayock is doing. I I, I think next year, moving into the new stadium, I, I think they'll probably be an over. 500 football team but I just think right now late in the year in December knowing the playoffs are a long shot and the injuries and the travel and the opponents I I just think they're not gonna I don't think players want to you know make a business decision as to whether or not they want to tackle Derrick Henry on Sunday so I I just think they're they're the Titans are the right side no I completely agree and again remember you know just kudos to the Raiders remember they lost Antonio
0: Brown right before the season started right right? I mean Tyrell Williams suddenly who by the way is battling plantar fasciitis has you know, been their number one wide receiver, and he's not a number one wide receiver at all, and they lost Hunter Renfro. So kudos to them for, for hanging in there. But I agree. They they just look like they're about to completely fall off a cliff. And again, it's as much about the fact that I really like what the Titans are doing right now. I yeah. think they're really dangerous with Tanail back there. So before we finish up, I want to let everyone know that we are going to be randomly selecting the winner of our Odell Beckham Jr. helmet giveaway on Thursday's show. But good news, we already have a new giveaway, and it is a signed Michael Thomas Saints helmet. To be entered into the contest, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And remember, an entry into any contest gets you automatically entered into all future contests. All right. Let's move on to the big one here, Matt. Chiefs at Patriots. Patriots laying three. We already know what you're going to do because you basically said it. The total at 48 and a half. Uh, Look, Patrick Mahomes, he looks healthy coming off the bye. The Chiefs running backs are dropping like flies and their defense still isn't very good, but they're able to put up points. Meanwhile, you saw it last night. The Patriots defense struggled against the Texans. It's kind of becoming a little bit of a thing for them against mobile quarterbacks. They play a lot of man, so their backs there. Uh, Their offense looks a little out of sorts here, Matt. So what do you think? You're the Pats fan. You said you'd take them at home, laying three or less. So laying three, 48 and a half, you're all over the Pats here.
1: Yeah, this is the classic bounce back spot. Everyone says the sky is falling. Tom Brady's angry. Look, this is on paper one of the worst Patriot offenses in the last 20 years. I just, if you look up and down, what they're asking for Mohamed Sanu and you know, Julian Edelman to do is is quite remarkable. But I I, I think this is a team that when they go back home, their defense tends to score. They tend to turn the football over. The Patriots run the ball more aggressively. They, they're they just a different team at home. And look, the Patriots are known to do this. They Last year, they were 12-4, and four and they won it all. They dropped back-to-back road games late in the year. Everyone thought they were done. They dropped two games early in the year. Everyone said, oh, here comes the cliff for Tom Brady again. I mean, they've been predicting this for five years now that the Patriots were going to be done. The Chiefs are definitely a dangerous team. Here, but the Chiefs' defense is still garbage. Okay, it's still not a good defense, and the Patriots are going to need to play. You know, don't turn the ball over. Don't do what they did early in the game against the Texans, where they threw an interception. Nikhil Harry needs to learn how to run routes with Tom yeah. Brady. That was yeah. a horrible play. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just one of those situations where. I think going home is a monster game, and remember, I mean that entire coaching staff, the entire team, basically, it's like the Patriots South in Houston. That was their Super Bowl, so they were geared up, primetime game. They walked in with that stupid whatever you know outfits that the defense were wearing before the game that was shown on Twitter. I I, I think this is a spot for the Patriots to get right. And it's a short line. It's only going to be three. Everyone's going to be on the Chiefs. You might even get it at two and a half. I was talking to a bookmaker today saying that you know they're they're not getting off of three because they know what happens if they do. But you know a lot of people are going to be on Kansas City here. It's going to be a big public play. Patriots are going to be the professional side, and I'll I'll stick with the Patriots at Foxborough.
0: Yeah, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, and again, as a Jets fan, you can imagine how many texts I get every year at around <laughs> this time saying, this is the end, finally, <laughs> you know, Brady's going, and every year he bounces back. I'm probably not going to get involved in it, I everything you're saying is correct, but... I'm a little nervous. I, I real, I admit, I'm a, I'm a little nervous sure. right now about the offense yeah. and what they're able to do. I mean, justifiably, of course, but I yeah. I really don't know what they're going to be able to do. I actually like the total, and I I think the defense is, is going to play well. But I think you know when you go back to the AFC Championship game, right. you know they completely shut down the Chiefs for the first half, and then you know Mahomes and Tyree Hill, they're able to just put up points. So I think the Patriots are going to score in this game. I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring, frankly, from the Patriots offense. But I think the Chiefs are going to find a way to hang with them because a healthy Mahomes always finds a way to put a point so for me even with the high number at 48 and a half I like the over here I think I'm probably staying away from the spread I, I get it though you know it, I certainly I would not back the Chiefs I, I will say that because there's no way the Patriots laying three to anybody at home you know I there's just no way I would get on it but I really I don't feel comfortable backing the Pats at that number so for me I'm going to be looking more at the total but I get where you're coming from, and everybody's got it now. He, uh, you know, Matt is uh, big on the Pats as long as it stays at three. And again, I, it's not going to move up. I mean, it's not going yes. past three for sure. If anything, it'll move down. But
1: well, like it's you funny said, too because 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 the, unfortunately, the Bills and the Ravens play before the Patriots. They, they're in the, the the late afternoon slot on CBS, so that I don't like because if the Bills lose, the Patriots will know that. Hey, even if we win, we still have a game in hand over Buffalo. So I don't like that. I would have rather had that game be played simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, but but the Patriots. Patriots in this spot. This is the prime time spot. This is, you know, it gets dark in New England at basically 430 in December. So this is essentially a night game and fans are going to be tailgating all game long. And and, and the Chiefs, they're not afraid to play in cold weather, but it's never fun to go on the road when it's cold.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on here to the Steelers at the Cardinals. Ugh. Steelers here laying two over. By the way, every every single game that we get to, by the way, your first reaction was, oh,
1: man. Because there's the some bad. real crap games this uh, week, and this are. is one of them. I mean, the, uh, what the hell happened to Kyler Murray last week? It was really a
0: disaster, which is why the line has moved from Pickham to Steelers laying two, and the total from 45.5 to 43.5. I mean, you talked about it. The Cardinals embarrassed by their own. Oh, look, to me, I don't know. I saw that game. That was my... my the uh, top pick on the Thursday show was the Rams laying three to the Cardinals. It just seemed like an obvious spot for the Rams to have sort of a get-right game with their offense. But the Cardinals were embarrassed on both sides of the ball. Their defense has always been weak. Murray, you know, he is a special talent, um, but he clearly cannot get anything done there. The Steelers, meanwhile, as we talked about, the big win over the Browns. They're right in the playoff mix. Doc Hodges is not special. He does enough to keep them in the game with that defense. So what do you think here? Steelers going on the road to Arizona,
1: laying two, 43-and-a-half. I just have a tough time, and I did it last week, but I have a tough time backing a, a quarterback named Duck. I just, <laughs> just don't—it's just like something out of like a bad 50s sitcom. I just can't stand it. Like, of all the nicknames you can pick, like, what the hell, Duck? No, but fine. Look, the only side to play is the Steelers here because I think the Cardinals, whatever happened during the bye week, I, I, this is what everyone said about the Arizona Cardinals this year. Every win they get is going to happen before the bye because they have an absolutely horrific schedule after their bye week, starting with the Rams last week. Either the team bought into it and listened to the hype or Kyler Murray is still on vacation, or they're sick of, of of Cliff Kingsbury's crap already. I don't know what happened, but that's a team that came back from a bye week and was still on vacation. And I think taking on a Pittsburgh Steelers team that knows how to play in December, this is a bad recipe for the Cardinals here. This is a bad matchup for the Cardinals. One team's hungry, one team's done. You know, I think the line, as long as it's under three, I'll take the road the road favorite here in Pittsburgh.
0: Correct. Under three Steelers is certainly the play um, for me. Look, I... I love Kyler Murray I really like watching him play but you know the fact that they were able to cover that first game with the big spread I mean they were getting blown out in that first game against the 49ers they came back late I think the 49ers took their foot off the gas and then you know the fact that they were able to keep it close in that second game again I think it was a lot more about the fact that the 49ers really just weren't clicking on all cylinders I just do not try I have not trusted the Cardinals all year I don't trust them now against any semblance of a strong defense again love Murray as a player but I do not expect them to come out on top of this game so as long as it is under three I'm totally willing to back the Steelers here and I'm fine just wanted on record I'm completely fine with the duck nickname okay I mean <laughs> it's fine I mean I, I really don't mind it let's move on to the Seahawks <laughs> at the Rams Seahawks here are laying two and a half to total at 46 and a half again we're recording this right in the middle of halftime uh at the Seahawks Vikings game so assuming nothing crazy happens tonight I mean you know look the Seahawks are not quite as good as their record has been. Russell Wilson has really been making some magic happen. Um, They find ways to win pretty much every game. The Rams keep their faint playoff hopes alive here with that big win over the Cardinals we just talked about. Jared Goff, he plays well because there's no pressure getting to him, which is really what causes him to completely fold. Tight game the first time these two teams met. Now you're in Los Angeles. How do you feel here about the Seahawks laying two and a half with a total of 46 and a half?
1: Yeah, just real quick to kind of update earlier when we were talking about the Lions and the Vikings. So Dalvin Cook has left this game with a, with a shoulder injury. So that could really impact what happens next week for the Vikings and the Lions. Just FYI to kind of yep. scroll back on that line being, you know, you may want to take the Lions right now at plus three. Thirteen and a half plus fourteen if Dalvin Cook is going to be out uh, for any length of time for Minnesota, but you know nothing really serious happening for the Seahawks on an injury perspective at this point. It, look, the, this is the game of the year for the Rams. This is Sunday Night Football. This is we find out whether or not the Rams are any good. I don't think the Rams are any good, and I think the Seahawks, you know, win or lose here, you know, hard fought game against the Vikings, they'll either really be ten and two or nine and three and they're playing for a lot, and they got to keep pace with the 49ers. I, under three, I, I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are the side here. I just can't trust the Rams. I know they blew, blew they blew out the Cardinals last week, but I'm just not a fan of what's going on with this team. I think Gurley's not going to be the same player ever again due to the arthritis in his knee. I think everybody overvalued what happened with Jared Goff last year, overvalued maybe Sean McVay even. Uh, I like the Seahawks here.
0: Yeah, despite the fact that they're going to be coming off a short week, look. The bottom line is this: there's no team. I mentioned the Cardinals, a team that I I, I cannot trust. The Rams are right up there. Other than when they played the Cardinals, uh, you know, irresistible force meets immovable object. Um, you get pressure on Jared Goff, and he completely folds. At this point, it's basically been like this for a full season. The offensive line is abysmal. The Seahawks are slowly but surely upping their pass rush at this point. So. I think just offensively, they're not going to be able to do very much. Um, I have no problem backing the Seahawks here at anything less than the field goal without question. If it gets above a field goal, I think the game's probably going to be tight because the Seahawks always play tight games. So if you're pushing the field goal or over, I'd get a little worried. But under a field goal like it is right now at 2.5, I'm all over the Seahawks right now. I'm not trusting the Rams whatsoever. Let's move on to the final game of the slate, the Monday night game, the Giants at the Eagles. This one deserves enough. if you want to throw it out there. The Eagles here currently laying eight, total at forty-seven. The Eagles blow an absolutely golden opportunity here against the Dolphins. They've dealt with injuries all year, but there's just something not clicking with the team. Meanwhile, the Giants they get beat up pretty good by the Packers. They're not a great football team. Daniel Jones is battling a mild ankle injury, but he'll play. How do you feel here? Divisional game, obviously a must win for the Eagles, who also control their own destiny because they play the Cowboys. Uh, or I'm not sure actually if they do anymore, but Eagles laying a total of 47.
1: So th- this is like a harken back to, remember like for a couple of years that ESPN's Monday Night Football had nothing but horrible football games. Yes. And, we all, and we all were like, my God, another awful game. Well, they've the pretty good games. Like, tonight's a good game. Uh, this is one of those games where you're just like, really, this is the game we have to watch? The Giants against the Eagles? Like, we have to sit through this in prime time of all the games? Like, this is horrible. Like, flex this. Like, give me Monday Night Football flex. My gosh, but... So the Giants, the Eagles are playing. to put the Giants, Redskins, Cowboys at home, and then at the Giants to end the year. So they've got nothing but divisional games left. So you're right about controlling their own destiny. But I just feel like this is too heavy of a number. I mean, I eight just feels too, too much, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Giants... I, I I don't know what to make of this team. I, you know, both offensively, defensively, Pat Shermer's probably getting fired. I mean, who knows where that team is going right now? I don't mind Daniel Jones. I like Saquon Barkley a lot, but I I, I don't know. If I had to play this game, I probably would take the eight points, but I'm most likely just going to have to you know, shut this game or have this game on in the background while I'm doing other stuff around the house. <laughs> I have it on mute and just check in, check in once in a while because I really have no interest in this game on Monday.
0: Yeah, really the only thing I could say here is that under no circumstances would I back the Eagles. That That's the only conclusion I can draw here, either on the total or on the spread, after what they did against the Dolphins in a game that was basically like, you you have to win this game, and it's against the Dolphins who are quote-unquote plucky, but not really going to be able to get it done. I don't see how you can back them at this number. I, I, it's not like I love the Giants at this number. I I could see talking myself into playing them, um, given that it's over a touchdown. But the only thing I know for certain is that there is no way you could take the Eagles laying a touchdown or more. It's just impossible. I Whatever is missing with that football team, something is missing. And, you know, I, I don't even know how healthy they're going to be. Alshon Jeffrey at the very end of that game walked off limping. He's battled injuries all year. So he could be down. You know, Jordan Howard is still out. They're just They're just not getting it done. So for me... It's probably a stay away. If anything, it's the Giants. But whatever you do, do not take the uh, Eagles. Yeah, I mean, look, eight points.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer. I don't know how you feel about two-team teasers, but I'm I'm a big believer in two-team teasers in the NFL after the after once you get to week nine and how difficult these lines are. And the fact that, I, I mean, when I tease the Eagles down to four and a half, the fact that I was, I was like, they have to be able to beat the Dolphins. It's a must-win game. I mean, maybe they win by three and I get burned. But, you know, teasing it down to four and a half, under no circumstances did I ever say, well, the Eagles are going to lose the game outright to the Miami Dolphins, and they're going to lose it with a bunch of trick plays, and they're going to make be made to look like fools by Brian Flores. I I, I completely, that was, of all, we've had a bunch of, like, oh my gosh moments in the NFL. That game was right up there, where with everything on the line, the Eagles are now 14-14 and 14 since the Super Bowl, and Carson Wentz. I mean, I think we got to start at least beginning to ask ourselves questions about carts and wentz a little bit and, and what this team looks like with him at the quarterback spot going forward. I know injuries have played a huge role in the offense this year, but this entire team under Doug Peterson, I don't know what to make of the Eagles. It's it's quite embarrassing what happened last week.
0: I mean, I was on them laying the 10. I mean, really, I was. I was like, they are going to smash this team right now. Their offensive line had gotten back healthy. Alshon Jeffrey was going to play. Nelson Their defense Aguilar. was healthy. I know. I know. Ah, And it's just ridiculous. So yeah, I'm completely off the Eagles at this point, especially when you're at a number remotely close to this high. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Matt, it was great having you back on. Remind everyone where they can find more of you and your work
1: best way at sports talk Matt on Twitter I, uh, I I link everything radio show is 10 to one Pacific time one to four Eastern SB Nation radio and the better network called push in the odds uh, we have a lot of fun basically what we just did is very similar to what I do on the show every day so we just break down games from a from a, from a betting perspective so thanks for having me on again a lot of fun anytime you need me I'm glad to do it
0: All right, great. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM sports app. Use the promo code Harris to get your risk-free first wager of up to $500. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com for your chance to win a signed Michael Thomas helmet. We will be back later this week giving you some of our best bets for week 14. I'll talk to you then.